Welcome back to another episode of Standing Room Only. I'm your host, Matt Winnetoy. I'm here with Jason Simmons. Jay, we finally made it. The season started. Have you been able to watch it all? Yeah, I've been watching quite a bit, actually. Um, you know, I will get into who I'm liking and who I'm not, but just talking on our Leafs quickly here, it's, it's been hard to watch. Um, so I've actually been watching a lot of the other teams, which has been nice. So how about you? Yeah, no, I've been avoiding Leafs at all costs this year. They've had such a brutal start. We'll get into it later, but... Are you a Vancouver fan yet? Are you a Canucks fan now? Yeah, you know what? So I actually got to go to the home opener last night. It was the first game in Vancouver, and I think they said like 580 days. So it was weird being back in an NHL building, but a lot of fun, you know, watching live hockey again. That's awesome. How much are tickets there? All right, so we were sitting like seventh row and they cost us 80 bucks so it's honestly it's wild how cheap they are compared to toronto so i think i'll be seeing myself there a lot more nowadays season's tickets or what oh well you know what i gotta i gotta decide if i like the canucks enough to get the season ticks but we'll see yeah awesome so you know what let's just get right into it here i think we should start with something that's kind of been you know taking over the hockey world over the last few days it's everything going on with the Chicago Blackhawks and unfortunately it's not a good luck for the team or really hockey in general so for those that may be unaware you know there's been a lot of allegations that have really risen over the last few months with regards to you know a sexual assault case that happened in 2010 with the Chicago Blackhawks during their Stanley Cup run. So apparently, or allegedly what happened was the video guy on the team had sexually assaulted a couple players and this had kind of been swept under the rug and, you know, nothing had really come about at the time from my understanding. But I guess a player had come out a few months ago and hired an independent law firm to really investigate into this. And it seems as time goes on, more and more is unfolding with regards to not only what happened, but who knew within the organization. So to bring you guys up to speed, Stan Bowman, who is one of the most respected general managers in the league from kind of what he's been able to do over the last decade, has recently stepped down in the last two days because of being involved in the incident. Joel Quenville, who is the current coach of the Florida Panthers, was also the coach of the Blackhawks at the time. And the NHL is now taking a much bigger stand with regards to investigating this whole matter. And there could be a lot of repercussions across the league. But Jay, do you have any thoughts on what kind of went down and maybe what's going to happen next here? Yeah, I mean, obviously, first of all, you never want to see something like this happen. And again, we don't want to speculate too much on what actually did happen because, you know, there's been different stories from different people. But obviously something inappropriate happened and then there was lines that were crossed. Um, and I think really the big the big thing of this whole debacle, I mean, obviously the sexual assault's the big part, but for kind of the hockey fan or whatever, is the fact that Chicago swept it under the rug, like you said, right? Um, apparently management found out and, and they were told, but they just kind of said, you know, we got to focus on winning the Stanley Cup. And so I think it really just goes to show that the mentality of hockey and of sports in general, right? Of like, you know, you've got to win at all costs. But I think we're going to really see, and this is going to play a big part in that, we're going to see a big change in that, um, where it's, and it, and it already has been kind of swinging that way, but it's going to swing more towards, you know, making sure that people are taken care of, which it should be, and, you know, winning comes second. So 
I mean, there's no excuse for what Chicago did for the management and all that. As far as, you know, who knows and some people are saying, like, you know, everybody knew in the club, like, even the players and the fact that, like, Kane and Taves are still, you know, denying that they knew, like, is a lie and stuff like that. Like, you got to remember, and and the guy who came out, Kyle Beach, like, they were such young kids. Like, he was 20. I think Kane and Taves are probably around, like, 22, 23. Their whole life they've been working to make the NHL. So to just say, oh, well, you know, players let it happen or they should have done more, it's like, they're, they're so young and scared coming into the NHL that I, I just feel like they, they don't really have, you know, enough experience there to really know how to handle that thing. So I don't really blame those players at all. Seeing Stan Bowman step down is probably the right thing to do. Apparently he was pretty involved in that decision to not, you know, publicize that or, or, or do anything about it. And it'll be interesting to see Joel Quenville, how he handles it. You know, apparently he didn't really know that much, but again, who really knows what happened? So it's, it's hard. Yeah, no, I agree. I don't know if we'll ever get the full story. And with regards to, like, Quenville, I know Kevin Dayoff, who's the GM of the Winnipeg Jets now, was also the assistant GM at the time. They've both come out and said they knew nothing at the time. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there because moving on to their, like, new respective teams, they're pretty integral pieces on two contenders. I know we talked about Florida and Winnipeg last episode a bit, but... Obviously, as you mentioned, Jay, it's like something you never want to see in sports. Kudos to Kyle Beach for coming out, and I saw his little TSN special he did last night. That was awesome to see him, you know, finally have the courage to speak up. And hopefully, that I guess the best way for this to end is that anyone involved kind of gets what they had coming for them, and and we can move on and just I guess get through the whole situation. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see kind of what happens with the NHL taking a bit more of a stand, too, and, you know, as they start to uncover more and more about the situation. Yeah, this is definitely stuff that has happened, unfortunately, quite a bit in the past. I think we hear a lot of stories of back in the old days with sexual assault, and it's just, I mean, educating people on, you know, I mean, we shouldn't have to educate people on, okay, that's wrong, because I, I think reading that report, it was clearly wrong what allegedly happened, but... I think just more awareness and stuff like that and, and seeing people get in trouble so much is going to deter a lot of future sexual assault. So I think it's it's going to, in the end, be a good thing that Kyle Beach like, came out about it and all that stuff, but it's obviously tough right now for him and for the Chicago organization. So Yeah, for sure. It's uh, Yeah, it'll be something to monitor going forward. I'm sure we'll probably have a update on what's going on there for our next episode. But nonetheless, we have a lot of hockey talk to get into, so we're about what a week and a half two weeks into the regular season things are back into full swing you know we've gotten our first glimpse of what different teams are looking like you know who's playing with who who's looking good who's not jay is there any team that's maybe caught you by surprise for good or for bad to start the season here well yeah i think if you look at the atlantic division <laughs> there's a couple teams that i think everyone thought they'd probably be two of the bottom teams in the whole nhl and that's buffalo and detroit yeah, they're sitting second and third in that division, which I don't think they're going to stay there for the rest of the year. Well, I really hope they don't stay there for the rest of the year because they're not very good teams, I don't think. But they have definitely surprised me, and I think they've surprised everybody. You know, they have a lot of young talent, so it's it's good to see. Um, I think Detroit is actually going to be a better team than a lot of people think, but Buffalo, I, I don't see them keeping this up for sure. But yeah, how about you? Is there anyone that kind of stuck out to you over the first two weeks, let's say? Yeah, well, Detroit's an interesting one, right? Like, because they're really riding a lot of young guys I think they have most of their recent first round picks playing and contributing in big roles so 
it's been awesome to watch them string a couple wins together. As you mentioned, I don't know if that's sustainable or not, but who knows? Uh, it'll be interesting to see, you know, kind of how they navigate the Atlantic because it is a pretty tough division overall. But I guess like early thoughts, a team that's maybe surprised me a bit. I don't want to overreact, but I will a tiny bit here is Colorado hasn't looked great. I don't know if that's just shaking off kind of the early season jitters. I know McKinnon got COVID to start the year. There's been some reports that Makar may be a little injured and not, you know, 100% healthy. So I think they will turn it around. But seeing them, who I think I labeled as probably the favorites to win the Cup, start out 2-4 and four, is a little bit of a cause for concern. And, you know, there's a couple teams in that division that have also really surprised on the other end. Like St. Louis looks great. Minnesota looks great. Winnipeg. So... We'll see if they can turn it around here shortly, but it's not really time to wave the white flag yet, I think. It may just be a couple early games that they've lost. So Yeah, I think they're too good of a team to play like this all year. I think that division in that conference is actually going to be a lot stronger than we originally thought and people originally thought. Like St. Louis, I didn't think they were going to be that strong this year, and, and they've come out looking really good, looking like they did a couple years ago going towards that playoff run. But yeah, I think I think Colorado again. They're, they're just too good to not be up and contending, especially in that division and, and contending for the cup. I think this year, so they should turn it around for sure. All right, and we got to touch on it. I know you just mentioned Buffalo, and we're in the season, so it, it's tough to you know be speaking of Jack Eichel right now, who's obviously not playing. But the rumor mill has been swirling a lot lately that. Sabres are actually ramping up talks with Vegas with regards to an Eichel trade. This actually makes sense uh, when you look at it from a couple different angles. So Vegas has the cap space to bring on Eichel's contract, which is really interesting because, you know, with the cap being cut due to COVID and everything going on, like a lot of teams are kind of maxed out with regards to what they can afford to bring in uh, through trades. And also, we'll talk about Vegas a bit more later, but, you know, they've lost a couple players Pacioretty and Stone to injury to start the year so Jay do you think there's any legitimacy to this and if they do land Eichel are they a Stanley Cup favorite well yeah I think you know they've already been close to Stanley Cup the last few years um and I think adding obviously one of the best young players in the game is only gonna bolster that and not only is he one of the best young players but he's also a centerman which they could really use The only kind of question I have on it is I just don't know what exactly Vegas would have to to give up for a guy like Eichel. I mean, I don't know how what the demand is for him right now because everyone knows he is on his way out of Buffalo. But, I mean, I'm still expecting some pretty good draft picks and a pretty good young player or two to go the other way. And I just don't know if Vegas has, you know, the capital to really draw someone, draw interest from Buffalo for Eichel. Yeah, no, I know. I think they'd have to sell the farm and draft picks, like, if you're Buffalo, I don't even know what you would be asking in return. I assume prospects and picks because you're probably in for a long rebuild, although they may think they're contenders with that start to the season. So we'll see what happens there. But it's going to be really interesting to see how this all unfolds. I don't think anyone outside of Eichel's camp really knows what he's thinking. I think uh, a lot of people are speculating that he may not touch the ice again for Buffalo. But, um, you know, as we just mentioned, there's only a few teams that are really in the running that could have the assets to trade for him. So, Yeah, and if Buffalo keeps doing well, maybe he'll want to stick around and, and keep playing there. How about this one for you? What if they send Robin Leonard back to uh, to, to Buffalo? 
Well, they'll have to go six players on the ice because they won't have any good goalies to put in if they did that. But you know what? Like, I'm all for it, man. Like, if you're Vegas, why not go all in? Especially just, what are they, year four of their franchise? Like, how much fun is it to build up a fan base just by being competitive and bringing in, like, I swear every year they bring in a new superstar prospect. So, good for them. Yeah, they've done a good job, and it'll be... I think Seattle's going to try and kind of follow suit, but I don't think they're going to be as good their first year as Vegas was. Yeah, Seattle Seattle is not passing the eye test right now. So, you know, we'll we'll see what happens there. But I think we all kind of knew the writing was on the wall with how they did their expansion draft, right? There's a couple big names on the table, and they uh, they chose to pass on those guys. So we'll see what happens. But I don't see Seattle being anything more than a basement dweller this year and for a couple years moving forward, so. Yeah, that fan base is going to be amazing, though. It already seems like such a fun place to play. Yeah, no, they do a great job. I don't know if you saw those pregame intros, but, like, kind of the light show and everything they did there was sweet. Yeah, I'm going to a Vegas game, actually, on New Year's this year. I'm going, I'm going to be down in Vegas, so I'm going to a home game. I'm excited. Apparently, those are a pretty fun time to be at. On New Year's Eve? Yeah. Wow. I'm sure you'll have a couple drinks in you for that. You'll have to, uh, we'll have to get you on the pod shortly after. You know, to recap that trip for sure. We'll do a post game. We'll do a post game. Oh, the, <laughs> yeah, we'll go live. We'll start streaming on Twitch. Jay post game up in Vegas. That'll bring in some viewers for sure. Yeah, I might need a few drinks though. With uh, I think they're playing Anaheim, so. Oh, brutal. Yeah, didn't didn't get the best opponent, but what can you do? No, what can you do? All right, so as we mentioned, it's early in the season, so we thought it would be fun to bring in a bit different of a segment because there's only so much you can talk about seven games into the season. So what I did is I have some hot takes or maybe some overreactions that I put together. Jay doesn't know what these are. I'm going to tell Jay four overreactions and kind of my reasoning behind them, and I just want your thoughts as to whether this is legit or you don't believe it. How's that sound? Sounds good. Sounds fun. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Well, we're a full Golden Knights podcast, I guess. But my first one here is first overreaction. I think Vegas will miss the playoffs this year. And let me tell you why. Vegas had one of the worst off seasons that doesn't get talked about for one sole reason is they lost their Vesna winning goaltender, Marc-Andre Fleury. And, you know, Fleury, aside from performance this year, was incredible for them last year. They now, in my opinion, have a goaltending issue. I don't know if Robin Leonard is a legit workhorse goalie like they may projected. He's already like 31, and he's never shown he can do that. You add in the Stone and Pacioretty injuries. I think they started the year 2-4, and four, and their division is actually shaping up to be a bit stronger than we may have projected before. Like You think about the West Coast Canadian teams like Edmonton, Calgary, and Vancouver all look pretty legit. San Jose looks better than a lot have thought and I don't know I just think this could be a letdown year for Vegas so do you believe that or do you not uh I believe that it might be a bit of a step back for Vegas this year but I don't think they'll miss the playoffs and that's really just on the fact that I don't see San Jose lasting the whole season um I just don't think they're a good enough team what's also with Vegas when are Pacioretty and Stone back you know how long are they hurt I think Stone's like any day type thing but Pacioretty may be a bit more week to week so he could realistically miss the first third of the season here yeah so I mean those injuries really hurt a lot um and that kind of could have to do with the slower start but I think they'll turn it around I think their their defense core is um pretty good now goaltending I think is a big issue for them Leonard's never seemed like the guy for me 
I think he he's good in a tandem if you have another strong goalie. But I don't think he's, like you said, the horse to kind of carry you to a cup. So I, I don't see them as a contender this year, really. But I just see them sneaking in kind of that wild card spot for that division. Um, because teams like Anaheim, L.A., I think San Jose will fall. And then Seattle, I don't see being better than Vegas this year, right? So that's really the only reason is that I think just by default, they'll they'll be that fourth or third team in the division. So Okay. That's good to know. 0 for 1 on the overreactions. Well, no. I mean, they are over. They are overreactions, right? So it's you're gonna have to take quite a bit to, to make me convinced. All right, I'll try and I'll try and uh, put together a strong argument for this one. But number two, I have here, the Chicago Blackhawks will finish last in the NHL this season and win the Shane Wright sweepstakes. So for those of you that don't know, there is kind of what they label as maybe a generational prospect. This kid, Shane Wright. Plays for Kingston in the OHL right now, so whoever gets first overall is going to be looking really good there. But to go back to Chicago, they look brutal. They look like this weird group of, I want to say, like misfits that don't really play well together. They do have, obviously, their core of like Taves, Kane, Seth Jones, I guess you can throw in there, but depth's a problem. Goaltending's a big problem this year. Flurry does not look solid. And I think they've started the year 0-6, so... It's kind of like my next take here is this is going to continue. I think the whole scandal is playing into it and Chicago's in for just a complete off year and will end up finishing last in the standings. Believe it or don't believe it. I, I could see it. <laughs> I, I don't want I know. Well, the only thing that I'm thinking is Arizona so bad. Like, I don't know if you've watched Arizona, but they're terrible. Like, like I might be able to play for Arizona. So that's the only hesitation I have is, like, can they be worse than Arizona? I don't know with Kane and, and guys like Kane and Taves, right? But they have been very bad this year. I think they have been the worst hockey team this year for what they should be. So I will actually say that I, I sort of believe you that I think they could be a last-place team. Which is crazy. I know, like, a week ago we were talking about if they'd be in the playoffs. So they've come out just terrible. So I don't really know what's going on there. I don't see how things get better, like... Yeah, I think the scandal has probably been tough for that whole team. I don't try to play with that kind of overhead. It, it would, would be tough. So um, hopefully they start turned around. But I, I, I think I'm going to say I believe you on this one. I'm going to go with you. I love it. All right, take number three. I don't know if this is really a hot take per se, but I think there's a legit chance this could happen and that Connor McDavid will finish the year with the most goals and the most assists in the NHL. So right now, I believe he has 15 points in his first six games. And you know what? Like, living on the West Coast, I've finally actually been able to watch him play, right? This guy is Mm -hmm. so aggressive in the offensive zone. I think I watched him last night. He had like nine shots against Philly. Like, it's incredible how often he's looking to score. So that surprised me a bit. And, you know, you could probably lock him in for most assists barring an injury. So it comes down to, like, who's going to win the Rocket Richard? I think his only two like real legit contenders will be Matthews and Ovechkin. Ovi's looked good, I'll give him that, but he's old. You never know what will happen with him. And the Leafs look out of sync, so I think it's legit that Connor McDavid could finish with, you know, like an average of two points per game and the most goals and assists this year. What do you think? Yeah, I'm gonna actually I'm gonna say it's believable for sure. Um I agree. I think Ovi's he's in the lead right now with eight, and I think he's gonna have a really good year, kind of a resurgence of Ovi. But you're right, he is 35 now, so he's probably going to slow down throughout the course of the year. 
whereas McDavid's 25 maybe or 24. Um, he's probably only going to get better and better as the year goes on. He, yeah, you're right. Like, he does – I always thought he was a playmaker, right? Like, everyone kind of said, oh, he's going to be one of the best playmakers of all time. But he, I think just because he's so fast, gets so many chances to score. So, yeah, I, I think it's very believable that he could have the most of both. I think assists, like you said, is kind of a lock um, as long as he plays the whole year just because he's playing with Dreisaitl. There's a lot of other talent. Nugent Hopkins on on that team. So, yeah, I, I think I'm going to go with it's believable. Yeah, no, I agree. I think there's – Edmonton plays a, like, fast style of game too. Like, you're not going to see many 2-1 games from them. Like, there's not much defense being played. They have weak goaltending. So, you can tell they're just going for these, like, 5-4 games all season. And it's interesting. Like, they actually don't have McDavid playing with Dreisaitl, but he's still lighting it up. You know, I think he's with, like, Hyman and – some other young kid, I don't even know who he plays with, but it doesn't really matter. It's just one of those scenarios with whoever's on his line is actually in for like a, like a nice 80-point season themselves. So maybe monitor that if you're in the fantasy world too. Yeah, for sure. Anybody on his line, like Cassian used to be on his line. He was like instantly a top 50 fantasy player. Yeah, it's got to be the worst player in the best situation. I love it. Yeah. All right, last take for you, Jay. You know, we've talked a lot about the basement dwellers. We just talked about Chicago, who looks brutal. But my next overreaction for you is that the Florida Panthers are the best team in the NHL and deserve to be the Stanley Cup favorites as of this moment. So, let alone the record of 7-0, and let me read you the teams that they've beat this year. They beat Pittsburgh, the Islanders, Tampa, Colorado, Philly, and Boston. You can make the argument those are six playoff contenders, even though we're not going to get into Pittsburgh because I don't, I still don't think they'll make the playoffs. But that aside, they've played a really tough opening schedule, and they've beaten all these teams pretty handily. You look back to last year, I think we may have underrated how good the Florida Panthers were because they got matched up with the Stanley Cup champions in the first round. But Bobrovsky and Spencer Knight look like one of the best goaltending duos in the league. Obviously, they're stacked on forward. Shout out to standing room only guest Mason Marchman with the goal last night. And their defense looks good enough. No, we talked about it last week, but they're not going to wow you on the defensive end. But they have enough players to kind of like hold the fort down and let the offense ride. So what do you think of that? Do you think they're legit contenders and should be the odds on favor to win this year? Oh, they're definitely contenders. I don't know if they're quite the favorites in my mind yet to win it. I think there's some other teams that are looking fairly strong one of them we just talked about was Edmonton um, I think McDavid looks he, he looks like he's hungry for a Stanley Cup this year so I think and they're finally putting together a better defensive core there in Edmonton so I think they would be one of my favorites to win the cup now which would be exciting for Canada at least um, but you know Florida they, like they've looked really good it's awesome to see Mush or Marchman do well this year I think he already has like seven points or something I could be wrong but I think he's doing pretty well and I almost picked him up in fantasy actually this morning because I looked and he's like top 100 or whatever. So, yeah, big shout out to Standing Room Only Guest there too. But the other team that I think is looking really strong so far that could be up there for contender this year is Carolina. We've talked about them, you know, kind of being strong for the last couple of years. And they look like they're really kind of putting it all together this year. One thing we talked about was Dougie Hamilton leaving with that, you know, create a huge hole in their back end. Well, they've only allowed. I was looking at it last night. I think they've only allowed like eight goals so far this season, which is like pretty crazy when you think about it. And they've scored like, 
you know, a bunch. So I, I think they'd be a very strong team, and, and their fans, it's so hard to play in that arena. So if they get home ice advantage for the playoffs, it could be tough for teams. Wow. I think you just won up me with my hot take, saying Edmonton may be the best team in the league. I love it. Buddy, I got to. I got to always one up your hot takes. You know me. I love a good hot take. Yeah, we'll have to get your we'll have to get yours next episode. They're gonna be wild. Yeah, maybe I'll come back to you next time with four. Uh, believe it or not, I love it. I think I'll be not believing it across the board, but we'll see <laughs> what happens. All right, last little segment we're gonna do is we're gonna do a little fantasy corner. I know that this is pretty highly requested. People love to hear our thoughts on on who's hot and who's not in fantasy. So Jay, start us off. Who's your fantasy stud right now? Who's looking good? Yeah, I'm going to go to uh, Detroit for Tyler Bertuzzi. Uh, he's looked really good so far. I think he had four goals in the first game, so that probably helps boost his stats a little bit. But he's the kind of guy in fantasy, too, where even if he's not scoring, uh, he's, he's valuable, right? He hits, he's gritty, he kind of gets those peripheral stats. Um, so I think he's a lock in every league he should be um, because I think he's actually a pretty good goal scorer. And we saw it in the OHL, too. Like He went to, he went to the Mem Cup with the Storm, like Guelph Storm, um, and he scored a bunch of big goals for them during that. So I think he's he's actually a natural goal scorer that has that grit to him. And we've seen, I think in the past, with like guys like Kachuk or even Marchand, guys like him are very valuable when it comes to fantasy. So. Yeah, he's, uh, I don't know if you knew this, but he's not vaccinated. So right now he's not allowed in Canada. So I think like obviously playing for Detroit, like you're in Canada a lot. I think he'll miss like 10 or 11 games unless he gets jabs. So that could hurt for fantasy, but... Man, his four-goal game was incredible, and Detroit actually looks pretty competent offensively. I'm a little surprised there, and he's kind of leading the charge with Larkin, so. Yeah, well, that's a good point about the vaccine. I didn't really think about that when it comes to fantasy, but I think, doesn't he have, like, some health condition? That's why he can't get it, right? Yeah, I think there's a reason behind it. I don't think he just doesn't want it, so it's kind of a tough scenario with regards to, like, the border situation, so hopefully they can figure out a way to, like, get him up there. Um, but you may be losing that fantasy matchup on their Canadian road trip if he's on your roster. Yeah, it's true. It's true. I didn't think about that. So, in keeper leagues, go get him. Grab Bertuzzi ASAP. He's uh, yeah, he's gonna be good for a long time. So, all right, my fantasy stud. It's kind of one of those picks where going through your drafts, all your buddies are like, "Why'd you pick him? He's so old." Whatever. Um, it's Logan Couture. You know, this guy has been honestly underrated his whole career, in my opinion, but. He's been great this year. I think he's over a point per game. He gets every opportunity on the first line in the power play. Uh, yeah, he has nine points in six games. So right now, like, for someone you probably could have drafted in, like, round 10 plus, he's been great. And I think it's actually pretty sustainable. So, you know, uh, check your waiver wire or maybe even send a couple trades out if he's picked up in your league. Yeah, I'd agree he's one of the most underrated guys in the whole NHL. And I think a lot of that has to do with the injuries he's had. and He's been hurt a lot, but... The one thing with him is I think San Jose is probably going to slow down a bit. So with that, his points will probably go down a bit. But I think you're right. Like if you got him probably in the 12th round or whatever, like it's been a huge deal for a lot of people. So That team is so weird. They got Eric Carlson, Brent Burns, Couture, all these old guys just buzzing. And then these random young guys that I've never heard about. So it's a weird roster. Mm-hmm. I, I'm with you. I think they'll slow down. Yeah. How about uh, who's your dad for, for this week's episode? Yeah, it's uh it's a goalie that people drafted pretty high too, and I don't even know if he's tradable at this point. It's Marc Andre Fleury. Like, 
I don't know what happened. Obviously, like, fall from grace, winning the Vesna last year, going to Chicago, you have to wonder, like, if things could go from bad to worse there. Like, because he was on the fence about even playing. They started the season, what, 0-7 now? I could totally see this weird scenario where he shuts it down mid-season, but, you know, the games he's been playing, he's been brutal. Like, he's honestly unstartable in fantasy. I have him in a league, and it's it's terrible. Obviously, I'm 0-2 in that league, so I don't know. Uh, he's my dad right now, and uh, I hope for Chicago's sake they can turn it around, but it's not looking bright there. So, Jay, who do you have as your dad? I already know this, and I'm, I'm interested to hear your reasoning and if you can turn it around for our fans' sake. Yeah, well, I, I want to put a little asterisk on this one. I, he's been a dud so far, but I think it's a good opportunity to go buy him low if you can in your league. Uh, and that's Mitch Marner, you know, as a beloved Leafs fan. I mean, the Leafs in general just haven't looked that good this year, but really, like, him and Matthews specifically, they just they don't look like themselves. And, you know, part of it, I wonder, is it because of what happened last year in the playoffs and Marner had a, such a tough off season with, you know, the media and everybody criticizing him. But it, I was just surprised. I kind of thought we would have seen, you know, a really hungry Marner this year and someone who's coming out to try and prove everybody wrong. Uh, it looks like he's more kind of taking the, the approach of, you know, being a quieter player, if that makes sense, out on the ice. Like, he's not he's not kind of that, that fun-loving you know, flashy player that we've seen him be the past few years. So he's my dud right now. But again, I think if you have the opportunity to go get him at a low price, then do it because he's probably going to turn it around. Yeah, he should pick it up. I agree with you, but it's weird. They're actually not playing together right now, Matthews and Marner. They're on separate lines, I think, they went with last night. And it's weird, like Toronto in general, like we don't need to harp on the Leafs all season. But, you know, my first thoughts, obviously being a fan, is their depth is brutal this year like if I miss a game and look at the box score I'm shocked if the third or fourth line has done anything besides go like minus two right so they're so reliant on their stars to perform and I think that was the same as the playoffs last year it's kind of frustrating because if Matthews and Marner are off then you're probably looking at the team losing it's kind of that simple do you agree with that or oh yeah and that that's just what you get for you know paying three guys 10 million plus your depth's going to be off. And if those guys aren't playing up their best, well, your team's not going to be very good. But the thing is, when those guys are playing well, your team's going to be, <laughs> obviously, a powerhouse, right? So it's tough. I mean, I, I think I would tend to like the approach of having a more balanced team because, you know, that's more consistent. And if guys aren't playing well, well, you have other guys to step up and fill that. I think that's just what the Leafs are lacking, which you're talking about. It's that depth. So um, I think it's going to be something that's going to be a struggle for the Leafs as long as they have, you know, Marner, Tavares, Matthews all eating up $33 million or whatever it is. Yeah, and you know what? I think the narrative is so old that as a Leafs fan, we just got to put our blinders on. They're going to make the playoffs. Like, no need to stress about that. They'll turn it around. But we don't need to talk and, you know, get all hot take with the Leafs because we know it all come down to the playoffs. So if they can prove themselves there, then I think all will be fine in Toronto. But if not, then... It'll be a really weird offseason this upcoming year. So Yeah, that would be... I don't know what that would look like if they didn't make playoffs or something this year. I don't know. Yeah, I think it would have to be management. But, you know, we'll get into that probably seven or eight months from now. So no need to talk on that. Probably next, probably next episode one. Yeah. yeah, next episode, 30-minute tangent on the Leafs. <laughs> Jesus. 
All right, well, that's uh, that's probably enough for us now. We just wanted to kind of put out a little content, talk about the start of the year. You know, it's always tough to kind of create topics with regards to, you know, what's going on. But it's awesome to have hockey back, and it's awesome to kind of, like, you know, give our thoughts on what we've been watching and what we've been seeing early on. And, um, you know, hopefully we'll have some cool guests and maybe break up the season that way a bit moving forward. So any any last thoughts, Jay? Yeah, I think you said it there, right? Like, we're going to probably be putting out a few more episodes this year of just us kind of talking hockey, which, you know, some of our fans might like that. Some of them, well, most of them probably won't. But <laughs> but uh, we have fun with it, and it's just good to kind of chat hockey. Um, and then, like you said, we're going to have some cool guests kind of sprinkled in throughout. We have some good ones lined up, so don't think we don't have anybody. Um, we do have some good ones, so we're just, yeah, we're just trying to get in touch with them and figure out a time. So, yeah, should be fun. Yeah, I agree. And hey, if you're at this point in the podcast of just me and Jay, you must like us talking about just random hockey stuff anyways. So yeah, we'll definitely be doing this a few more times this year. Yeah, I think people just stick around for the the hot takes. Yeah, the hot takes and the banter. I love it. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it for another episode of Standing Room Only. As always, like, subscribe. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter. We may even have a little bit of a TikTok getting started here. Uh, for those loyal fans so go follow us over there we're gonna kind of dive into some video content as well this year so you can see our pretty faces um and yeah uh with regards to you know thanks again for listening and we'll see you guys next time